we are in Re- Revelation 12. It just so happens this is one of my favorite uh, passages. Uh, I, I, it, I keep seeing new things every time I look at it, and it keeps eluding me. Um, I, I never exhaust uh, the as you'll see. I come to places where I'm, I'm not quite so sure, but it's just really an amazing part of the uh, apocalypse or book of Revelation. So let's begin at verse 1, Revelation 12, verse 1. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with a sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them down to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared for God, uh, by God, in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now, war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who's called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation And the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before God. And they have conquered Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she may fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured forth from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring on those who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. Um. This is, uh, you know, one of those amazing uh, passages where you really see in in in, a, in, a, in miniature the whole shape of the book of Revelation. Much of what is revealed in the book of Revelation is seen here, and that doesn't surprise us because we've heard it now a million times, right? You're, it's different camera angles, not different time periods. Uh, and and so we, we we begin. The scene opens with uh, 
the, 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 the focus being this woman in childbirth wearing a crown of 12 stars. Now, that shouldn't be too hard uh, for us. Um, so, you know, some say it's Mary. Uh, you can see representations of the Madonna with the 12 stars around her head. Uh, Mary herself in the Magnificat says it's Israel pretty much. Uh, you have fulfilled your promises to Israel in the Magnificat, giving all the glory to God. Uh, everyone will call me blessed, but she doesn't say everyone will call me Israel. Everyone will call me the woman with the 12 stars on her head. The woman with the 12 stars on her head uh, as a crown, we see uh, more uh, clearly, I think, in Genesis chapter 37, uh, verse 9. Joseph's dreams. Remember, these are the dreams that kind of get him into hot water with his brothers. Even his mom and dad uh, say, oh, what, now your mom and I have to go around calling you highfalutin names? Who do you think you are? Everybody's going to bow down to you. What are you talking about? Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. So clearly he is, he, he, he is seeing prophetically that his brothers are going to, in the history of redemption, are going to recognize his central place, the central place of his, of his, his offspring, in the line of descent to our Lord. And the 11 stars, obviously, would be minus his own. Now, the 12 stars would be the 12 tribes of Israel. And so, uh, I take it pretty straightforwardly here that the woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, exactly as Joseph saw this in his dream, the crown of 12 stars is nothing less than Israel, uh, Israel awaiting its Messiah. O come, O come, Emmanuel. <laughs> this is the, the cry of Israel in pain and childbirth as she's giving birth to the Messiah. Uh, it's an agonizing childbirth. Um, it's a male child who will rule over all the nations, we're told. Uh, with, with, with a, a potter's club, and that's, that's taken from Psalm 2, verse 6, that we uh, sang this morning. Uh, he's going to take a potter's club and dash the nations like pottery, the kings that refuse the reign of Yahweh and His Messiah. Uh, the Messiah will dash like pottery to pieces. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. And, and this is the male child she's going to give birth to. Now, it's, it's a little hard then to say that uh, this is uh, uh, the Jewish nation. As our dispensational brothers and sisters say, uh, Israel do doesn't, what has never been prophesied as having the royal scepter. The Messiah has. Uh, Israel is rather the mother 
Israel is the one giving birth in great pain and travail to the Messiah. And the, 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 this child, this male child who will rule the world and smash the rebellious kings like pottery, he was caught up to the right hand of the Father. Uh, some interpret this as the rapture when um, Christians will be caught up to be with the Lord, but uh, it's Christ's ascension, right? I mean, it's, it's, it, it seems pretty obvious that we're talking about Christmas, Easter, and Ascension Day here in this passage. Um, this is Israel finally giving birth to Emmanuel, the one for whom she's hoped all these many years. And isn't this really the story behind all the stories of Scripture? We say this a lot, that, that the backstory of all of Scripture, that, that, that the thread that weaves everything into one common theme really is Genesis 3.15, you will crush the serpent's head, uh, your seed, telling Eve, your seed will crush the serpent's head, but he will bruise his heel. That promise gets the whole of biblical history moving. God is going to fulfill that promise bit by bit as, as we go through the rest of the Bible from Genesis 3.15. And so really, it's about the seed of the woman versus the seed of the serpent. Uh, Cain and Abel, the children of God and the daughters of God and the, the Son, wait, the sons of God and the daughters of men. Um, it, the, the warnings against intermarriage, the w- warnings against uh, diluting the covenant line that leads to the Messiah. Satan again and again thinks if he can intercept the Messiah along those lines, uh, he's, he, he's got it made. That Genesis 3.15 can't be fulfilled because it depends on a literal historical fulfillment of one person in history. There's that one great story in, uh, not that there's only one, but there's a great story uh, in 1 in, uh, Kings. You have Joash, that little uh, kid who is, uh, you know, Queen Athaliah has slaughtered the entire ho- royal house of David. Uh, she is an emissary of Satan. And uh, she's, she, she doesn't believe in the God of Israel. She slaughters David and all of his children, uh, slaughters uh, the, the Davidic uh, kings. But the soldiers save this one little Davidic kid, Joash, and hide him under David's armor in the armory. They keep bringing him food and he grows up. And, and then one day, finally, they proclaim Joash king and uh, put a uh, pretty uh, critical end to Athaliah. One, hanging by the thread of one kid we missed. That happens again and again throughout, throughout Scripture. And now finally we get to the birth of the male child who will rule the nations with a rod of iron or with a, potter, a shepherd's club. And he is caught up. He is caught up uh, 
she gave birth to a male child, one who is to be ruled all the nations with a rod of iron, but her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Clearly, it's just Jesus' ascension. Uh, now, again, it's, it, it, even in this one passage, it's tempting to read it chronologically. And then I saw, and then I saw, and then I saw. But it's so important for us to see these, again, as camera angles, different camera angles of the same, same thing, because he's going to repeat the same episode, but from a different angle. Um, we'll, we'll see this as, as we go. So he, she, the woman, fled to the wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. This is similar to Exodus, Right? Uh, in uh, Exodus chapter 16, God taking care of his people in the wilderness. Uh, that's what he's going to do for his, for his church, for his people. He's going to care for them in the wilderness as they are uh, protected from the rage of Satan. It will be for 42 months. Remember, we, we did this a couple of weeks ago. 42 months. I, this is the math. I'm capable of. Uh, don't say anything, Brett. 42 months is, look, I, I, I mean, even I can do this. 42 months is three and a half years. And it's the same as a time, times, and half a time. All right? Three and a half years. Times, times, and half a time. So it's all the same, it's all the same. What's the point being made? It's short. The brevity is underscored. Now, of course, it's longer than that, as it's turned out, but it, this is a symbolic number to say this is going to be a brief period of time. And then the dragon is in pursuit. The dragon, of course, is Satan. It says that. The devil and Satan, devil uh, in Greek and Satan in Hebrew, which means accuser. And it was the, the, the title of someone who was a prosecutor in court. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, you know, not to put any aspersions on the, the noble uh, office of the prosecutor, uh, this is originally what Satan meant, devil meant. It meant the, the, the person who prosecutes the case against uh, the alleged. That is who Satan is. That embodies his entire character, the role that he plays throughout biblical history. He's the accuser of the brethren. He is in the sanctuary of God, accusing them day and night. If you read the beginning of the book of Job, you're reminded, again, of the access that Satan had to God. Uh, he had not yet been, once and for all, thrown out of the courtroom. He was a prosecutor who had access. And he had access to some files, <laughs> right? So, so that with justice, he could prosecute the case. He accuses, he just stands there and accuses the people of God day and night. Why don't you cut them off? Why would, you, why would you continue to, especially that tribe of Judah, why don't you get rid of the tribe of Judah? 
you know, you imagine what, what Satan might have um, told God as he went to and fro um, when God says, have you seen my servant Job? So Satan can't just do anything. He's not sovereign. Uh, only God is omnipotent, but God gives Satan a leash. As Luther said, the devil is always God's devil. Now, that doesn't mean we should ever confuse the devil with God. It's not like, you know, God is out there and he's this pet on a leash. But it, it does underscore the point that, the, that Satan can't go any further than God lets him go. And he, he will never let Satan do anything, bring any harm that he hasn't already figured out will be, bring him greater glory and greater good to the people. You meant it for evil. Remember, Joseph tells his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God always has a different intention for the same event that Satan is involved with. So it's going to be a brief time, but, but Satan, in the meantime, appears as great and red, a great red dragon with seven heads and seven diadems with ten horns. And, uh, you know, a lot of speculation uh, on, you know, what the, the ten horns are. Uh, it's not really um, any more exciting than lots of power. <laughs> and we know that from uh, Daniel chapter 7. Verses 6 and 7. After this I looked, and behold, another like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back, and the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had iron teeth, it devoured and broke in pieces, and stamped on what was, uh, what was left with its feet. It was different from all the other beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. So the ten-horned beast is boastful, proud, powerful, able to do a lot of damage, and this dragon in pursuit of the woman is just that powerful. In fact, in the next chapter, you have the beast coming out of the, out of the water, and um, I saw a beast rising out of the sea and with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. Okay, so this is symbolically the war between the seed of the, the, the woman and the, the seed of the serpent. Now, the camera shifts back and we have another angle on the same event. Now, the camera angle really includes, goes all the way back to before Adam and Eve, to the, the fall of Satan and uh, the, the uh, demons from heaven. War arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And so, again, a lot of speculative interpretation will... will Read this chronologically and say, okay, now 
after the 1,260 days, this is going to happen. But it's not that. It's a camera going back, now seeing it from another angle, the same event going, as it were, behind the curtain, uh, behind the stage to, to what happened even before the fall with this war between Michael and the dragon. Now, Michael, in the, especially the book of Daniel, is uh, really the prince of the angelic hosts in charge of protecting the people of God. That's his, that's his main role. He is the, the protector of the people of God. So Satan is, as it were, the prosecuting attorney, and Michael is defending them. Michael is on their side. And Michael and his angels fought back, but uh, they, were, they, 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 uh, they received the, the reaction of Satan and his angels, but he, he, Satan, was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. So there was a place for them in heaven. Isn't it amazing to believe there was a place for the devil and his angels a third of whom had rebelled against Yahweh. There was, a, there was a place for them in heaven, but now there's not. And so some people will say, well, that's, the tr- that's what happens with the rapture. And the, the, the. No, no, no. It's, this is the camera going back to, this is what happened, Michael defeating the dragon, but it's only a precursor to Christ defeating the dragon. See, it's one of those things we, we heard about this morning, the, the, the double horizon. The immediate horizon, Cyrus is the Messiah, or David is the Messiah, but the ultimate horizon only fits Jesus. And it's the, it's the same here. And the great dragon was thrown down, and that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Okay, is that, is that when the serpent entered the Garden of Eden and so on? No, 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 no. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation, not creation, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Clearly referring to this period that John is living in, that his recipients of this vision are living in, clearly referring to what they're going through, they did not even love their lives to the point of death. And so you have Satan as the prosecuting attorney who spews out blasphemies in the next chapter as the beast, spews out blasphemies and and teaches false doctrine to try to pervert the church because he lost Christmas, (laughs) right? Uh, That once and for all meant that the Messiah now had been born the one who will crush all of his and our enemies. So, so at least that strategy ha- has, to, has to fall by the wayside. He's here. 
all those attempts that you made to intercept uh, the Messiah, to keep him from being born too late, he's here. And he was caught up to the throne where he rules at the right hand of the Father, and he didn't have any room for you there. (laughs) You know, uh, we can't live in the same town. And I have died for the sins of these people. So I'm their defense attorney, and you have no access anymore. And so this is even greater than Michael throwing them out in the first place. They could still always approach. Now they had, they had no access. What a comfort it would have been for the, for the first Christians that whatever they're going through, and same for us, whatever we're going through, however much suffering there is, we have an advocate in heaven and no prosecuting attorney. That's the most important thing, that Satan was cast out of heaven. The one who accuses the saints day and night. That's what was most important. Not Christians getting slaughtered, sorry to say, as as terrible as that is. What is worse is having Satan in the courtroom as your prosecuting attorney. So what a wonderful thing he's been thrown out, but therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows his time is short. 42 months or three and a half years or a time, times, and half a time. He knows he's got a narrowing, a closing window. And the clock started with the ascension of Jesus. So what does he do? Well, when the dragon saw that he'd been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who'd given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she's to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. So see, once again, it's the same period as 1,260 days. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away like a flood. That's his blasphemies and his false doctrine that we'll, we'll uh, see more clearly uh, when we get to the next chapter. And so he's, he, he knew, he knows, he knows that he, he couldn't intercept the seed of the woman who would crush his head. So what does he do? He goes after the woman. <laughs> he tries to hunt down the woman. And, and then when he can't find the woman, he goes after the rest of her offspring. Once the male child has been caught up to heaven. You know, sometimes we, we, we say, how long, O Lord? Uh, yes, he's near, as we heard. But sometimes he seems so far. Like when... Is Christ going to return? When will we see him on this earth? When we, will we see righteousness and peace and justice? Uh, when, when will we see that? When will he appear? But right now, we have to remember, he's right where we need him. <laughs> he's right where we need him, at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. 
and the accuser of the brethren lost his access. He doesn't have the key card anymore to get into the throne room. What a happy day! Even if you're, you know, you're, you're facing uh, being thrown to the lions. What a happy day! And I, I also, you know, one, this, this uh, failure to devour is something, again, that would, would have completely encouraged the early church, even as it has uh, all the way down to us today. Thrown down to the earth now means, whatever it meant the first time when Michael did it, Thrown down to the earth now means that he's cast out of heaven for good. And I think the reason, now this is one of the things that I just, you know, surmise, but uh, throw it out there. Half a time probably refers to the loosing of, uh, of Satan before Christ's return. That, there, that according to chapter 20, as I interpret it, as many amillennialists do, but not all, um, it is it, the, okay, Satan is obviously chained. He he can only go so far. But he's mad, but he's he's chained. He, he, his leash is only so long, but he he will be let off that leash for half a time until Christ returns. And when Christ returns, that three and a half years will be complete. It'll be four. Um, what I find really interesting too, and then I'll, uh, this is the last section, uh, is, is how creation helps the woman. I mean, isn't it isn't it uh, precious, really, in a, in a in a in a serious way, how the the elements of the earth come to the aid of the woman? First of all, Michael, who is a creature. Um, but then also the eagle with huge wings carrying the woman into the wilderness in verse 14. This was the uh, fifth fleet of the U.S. Navy when I was growing up. Eagle was, you know, the, the United States eagle. And, you know, you, you know where you've, you've probably, some of you have heard all the same things. Uh, no, it's, it's an eagle. It's a bird. Actually, it's a, it's a it's a, a symbolic bird. It's a symbolic bird carrying the people of God. Uh, maybe it's a reference to the Holy Spirit, but it's it, here. It's represented as symbolically as an actual uh, bird that carries her away. But then also the earth. There's a river of false teaching. <clears throat> if Satan can't intercept the Messiah physically, keep the incarnation from happening, maybe he can, and, he, and he, he couldn't keep Jesus from dying on the cross and crushing his head, rising on the third day. He couldn't keep all that from happening. Maybe he can convince the church of heresy and lead the church away from the one who, who saved her. So he tries that. That's his new strategy. Uh, Try to, try to get enough heresy in there that uh, 
the Christian church is no longer Christian. The earth came to the aid of the woman. The earth is sort of like uh, took over the water. It's like the, 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 he's spewing out all, all these heresies, and the earth came to her aid and poured dump trucks of earth onto the water to put, to, to put it out, as it were, put out this flood. It's a really fascinating image here. But then finally, uh, the dragon became furious with the woman, because that obviously uh, was unsuccessful too. The dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. So it can't, again, it can't be national Israel. It can't be the nation of Israel reconstituted in 1948 because he says, and the rest of her offspring who are on, the, that is, that is those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. See, while Satan is spewing out all this heresy and accusation against us, the early martyrs are pouring out their witness to Jesus. The contrast here between the false deceits of Satan and the true witness of his people is clear. And then finally, there's all-out war on on the whole church. Uh, And and that's going to be especially clear in the next chapter, the next scene. He goes to make war on all the offspring of the the, uh, woman, which means us. (laughs) Still today, the whole church, the, the martyrs felt it, they felt the brunt of that, but there are many martyrs around the world uh, today who are feeling that. And, you know, uh, Satan's, Satan's theater is, getting, is narrower and narrower, <laughs> but he has a theater of operation even within the church, but he has no access to heaven. But woe to you, O earth, because he knows his time is short. And he's ticked. Roaring lion seeking whom he may, be de- whom he may devour. Let's not forget Satan is, Satan is alive and he's here. He's among us. The demons are real and they are among us. We don't have to kind of get into uh, science fiction to, to really believe that Satan is a real personal agent at work to try to destroy people. And that's what, that's what he focuses on now is destroying our faith, corrupting our faith and destroying it, taking away that testimony to Jesus, that witness to Jesus. That was the means, Jesus tells John, by which they conquered, not even caring about their life to the point of martyrdom. All right, that's... that's that's Revelation 12, I believe. I believe. I hope I've done at least 90% of justice to that and haven't introduced my own uh, errors.
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yes, Angela said, uh, so there was a prayer in her olden days uh, uh, for casting Satan out of, uh, or the, the accuser of the brethren, uh, binding him or casting him out of? Okay, he's in heaven accusing the brethren day and night, and so it's a prayer against that. But uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's no reason to pray that. <laughs> That's the significance of the ascension. I'm here. <laughs> I'm back, and victorious. Open, open gates. Now, open. I'm coming in in royal conquest, and by the way, you and all your, you know, all your buddies have to leave. Third of the angels. So, so th- th- that's why he says it's good news for those in heaven. <laughs> and that's where we are. Our, we are, uh, our lives are hidden with Christ and God. That's where we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, objectively. But now, down here below, and this is why the camera keeps, you know, glancing at heaven and then glancing at earth. From the heavenly perspective, it's done. It's over. From the earthly perspective, ooh, but woe to the earth, because that's where he is. What we pray against is not anything legal, objectively legal, that Satan would would not be able to win the case in court. What we pray against is that our faith would fail to cling to Christ alone for that. He can't can't do anything about the objective fact of Christ's saving work, but what he can do is undermine our faith that unites us to him for it. Um, I'll probably dodge that as much as I can and leave it to Chuck. Uh, yeah. In chapter 20, you, you do have this, uh, this interval where he is, he is let off the leash. Does that also mean, many amillennialists believe that it means that he's, he, he still can do a lot of harm, but especially in the light of the non-symbolic, non-allegorical, non-apocalyptic language of Jesus, especially in John 7, where, he, where, where Satan is restrained. Um, I, I, th- I think that we're living in the, the 1260 days of restraint. And there will be a an unleashing at the very end that will be a cataclysmic tribulation of the church and uh, trial for the people of God around the world. But not all millennialists take that view. Is that? Okay. Isn't it simpler? Isn't, isn't this, you know, 
it's a much simpler view just to say, you know, what are we looking for? We're looking for the same thing that our, our uh, non-amillennial brothers and sisters are looking for, the return of Jesus. The return of Jesus. But isn't it wonderful? We don't have to worry about, about what goes on with Satan in heaven now because he just doesn't have access. The, 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 the lock has been changed. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your son, that son who was born over so many epochs in fulfillment of your promise as the, as the seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head. And we thank you that he has done that and now is at your right hand interceding for us without a prosecuting attorney even present in the courtroom. Oh, Father, it's such a comfort to us as we're going through our own trials and tears, and we pray that you would uh, help us to spread this good news to all with whom we can come into contact, especially during this Christmas time. Hear us for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.